I come from the South Central Los Angeles in a ghetto environment, really gang-infested streets every day, and I never thought I'd get out of that. So when a retail job, a Nordstrom job, gave me an opportunity, and I was able to put myself in a suit every day and pretend like my Superman outfit to get out of this environment every day, I was somebody else, and nobody knew where I came from. My name is Ernie Tovar, and I work for WeWork, and I am a hospitality lead. Welcome to Hospitality Daily. I'm your host, Josiah McKenzie. I really want you to hear Ernie's story because Ernie was one of the first employees at WeWork and today leads hospitality, operations, and community for the company. I had the chance to speak with him recently, and regardless of what type of hospitality you work in, you'll benefit from hearing his own personal journey, as well as how he thinks about providing hospitality and organizing community today. Here's Ernie. I'm 56 years old and um, started working at 13, right into doing retail work, um, and found a great passion for just helping people. Um, along that journey, within like 10 years of that, I became a personal shopper at Nordstrom and worked for Nordstrom for 15 years and was able to really connect with people and find out what their special needs were to make them happy. And that just took me on a different path every day. Every day I learned something new about them that they liked or didn't like. And of course, did my best to find the things that they liked so that I can enhance their experience of the purchases they made for me. But I, I found that it was beyond just the retail. I wanted to really create community, a piece of offering of myself that allowed you to trust me so that you knew that I wasn't just selling you something in return. I think I saw myself as an entrepreneur of community, of allowing myself to lead with my heart. Um, I think when we allow ourselves to be as vulnerable as possible, anything is possible. But there have to be limits because then if we give too much of ourselves, then we, you know, we exercise everything we have and we don't have the bandwidth then to give to everybody. So we really got to make sure that we're not just giving it all away to everyone. Um, but again, if you lead with your heart, you know how to maneuver those things. But I want to come back to that because I feel like so many are struggling with burnout. But one thing that might be helpful at the beginning is hear your definition of community. I think this is really getting people in your space to trust you as an individual, to, to be as vulnerable as you can with them so that they allow you in their space. Um, when I first moved in my apartment 17 years ago, I made sure I knocked on my neighbor's door after a couple of weeks and said, hi, I am so-and-so, and this is who I am. I want to give you a key to my apartment just in case of anything. And some of them were like, what? But now we're family. And it's building a sense of community and trust, knowing that when you come home, you're safe around your, you know, with your neighbors, you know, your neighbors, you're able to shout out and they, they know to shout out back to you. It's like being in the, the Walton's house, you know, and saying, good night, Marianne. And everyone's just calling back. It's kind of that thing that I get to do here at work kind of too, is Knowing that if people trust me enough and I look over them and give them that look, they know what I'm talking about and then we'll get up and we'll have a conversation. Again, it's kind of knowing your space and kind of allowing others to trust you enough to know that you're connected somewhere and having that connectedness is community to me. It's inspiring to me, I think, on a personal level, because I think I tend to be a little bit introverted, and sometimes it's hard for me to put myself out there and um, make those introductions. So I'm hearing from you, there's a certain amount of initiating, put yourself out there early, right, making the first move, and that sort of breaks the ice, and I imagine it builds from there. That's right. where trust is developed, right? For sure. Again, not everyone's always into it. I have a relationship with Kathy and Andrew, but Kathy and I are really good friends. Andrew is just morning 
got to go. I buy them, you know, for Thanksgiving or something, a box of candy, and he'll be the first one to come knock on the door and say, thank you for the box of candy. So there is something that we're doing that connected with Andrew when we offer a gesture, I guess, that he finds it that he needs to come down in person, which is a big, you know, very vulnerable of anyone. And that opens our relationship up very differently. But even when I see him now, which is morning when he gets into his car and he goes. So it's very interesting, these relationships you build with people um, on different levels, because we are all introverted differently. When I'm off of work and get home, I close that door. I don't want to, it's me and the dog, right? I get to pet the dog to call me from all the days, things that we go through. But um, when I get to work, it is as a it's I sing, so to me, it's like being on stage. I get to perform um, honestly with myself because I get to show up a hundred percent gay Ernie every single day without judgment from anyone. And this is the first job in my life that I can show up to just to be Ernie Tovar as opposed to a number, or as opposed to the manager of that department, or the associate of that department. Our names are listed on walls here, so people know us by name, and I think it allows us to help build community because people can say you, mention you by name, and hopefully we can remember their name to give that back in return. Because again, that opens and builds trust, um, even for even for the introverted, because um, I believe the more we can condition and be a constant in somebody's day and say, good morning, Dave, good morning, Dave, without any expectation from them to say anything, they're going to warm up and be different with us. I love the the personal uh, sort of implication here of, of how we kind of think about this personally. I, I love that you're in this environment where you can feel like you can show up with with your full self. And um, you you mentioned something I want to pick up on in in the sense of um, uh, you know some of your experience performing and and how that kind of relates to how you show up at at work as well. Is there anything? It sounds probably weirdly specific, but is there anything that you do on your way into work or to start your day to sort of almost as it were appear on stage and kind of step into this capacity. Well, there's two on that today. I had a really unfortunate day. So coming into work sometimes is tough. You know, when you're putting yourself out in your community, because everybody, everybody is our community. Unfortunately, we have a big opportunity in our city here with the homeless and with health issues. Um, and today there was a, a gentleman smoking crack on the train, but before I left my house, I was in that space with my music playing that sets me up for that tone of who I want to be. And I kind of think through the music and think through just what I'm passing. And then you get put in a situation where you have to revalue humanity, right? For a minute, for a second, because I don't want to judge him for anything other than it's too bad that he's having these, he's going through something, but now we're all affected by this. And now we have to get off the train when they're not taking him off the train. Now I'm taking it personally, right? So it's hard to, that whole mental thing that we have to do to ourselves just to stay in line to keep ourselves, you know, human so we don't lose track of what's, what's important. Um, and these, all these little obstacles hopefully make us better, but often just take us offline. And it's hard to refocus sometimes when you do get, come to work and you're around this abundance of community that you have to help maintain, um, is interesting sometimes. Sometimes those little things throw me off quite a bit and it's hard for me to get back on track or get back into this positive state of mind. Is, is there anything that you find useful to like, do you, do you stop and acknowledge that, that this is unfortunate? I'm like, grateful for a team of people who want to listen. So I come home and I spew, Oh my God, this should happen. And there's 
there's really a fine listen. They're really listening and there's good feedback and I'm comforted knowing that I can come to a team that supports me with these experiences that we have because we all share these things within our, and we have time for it. Um, it might be a member walking in for the first time, have no idea what WeWork's about, and I get to explain what my job is, and I love it, that it puts me in that space of, okay, now I'm better because I'm here for a purpose. And I, and it's, I'm not a psychologist, but we have to sometimes be all these, wear these hats, um, to, put these things away, you know, and again, we got to, we have to have, let them surface sometime, but it's easy in, uh, for myself in a situation like this, where we have so much good coming to us that we get to be good back to that allows me to guide those things diminish within, within the day. I love that notion because a lot of it is that state of mind. It's where we're coming from that allows us to provide hospitality. And you mentioned people who are coming in maybe to WeWork for the first time. And, you know, there's a lot of hospitality people that will be listening to this and maybe have a hotel, maybe have a restaurant, something else of that nature. I know you're an early employee at WeWork. What separates what you're doing here, what you've built here from, I guess, any other office environment? I think this is just making sure your experience has exceeded more than what you expected. I mean, really allowing you to just come in and be human and us being able to be human back and giving you those awesome experiences. Cause you have, you have no idea what it's about. We want to be able to just give it all to you without giving it away to you. Right. There, there has to be an expectation of how things are run in, in, a, in a business setting, but we're here for you. We're the human factor. So I should be able to be offering you up. Yes. Walk you over to the coffee and yes, here's the bathroom and not just pointing things out. So it is really allowing ourselves to be bigger than ourselves for the first time to be eyes for someone else. Cause we want that experience to, right. We want them to walk away with a, a really good experience. And my job, if nothing is to be human and that's easy. Well, you mentioned something very interesting in, in terms of how things are done here. Is that almost a way of providing hospitality in that you're providing almost a framework or a way that people understand the environment and maybe allows them to relax a little bit more? I'm yeah, we're, we're, we're given training courses, but you have to kind of lead with your heart and know that we can't be robots, right? We can learn from the best of people, but you have to be where your heart on your sleeve. And that's really hard for a lot of people to do every single day to, to open yourself up that much. But when you start doing it so much that you're going to win. And I, rem- I remind my coworkers when they do these little things that they're, they're heroes because the members are like, I need to get to the 17th floor and it's their first experience, but they didn't book the space. They came with it as a guest. So we give them an explanation and they don't want to, they're not listening. They just want to get to the 17th floor. So she's snaps. She's like, all right, let me get you there. Now she's the hero, right? Without having to give anybody an explanation or why or why you can't, let's just get you to your place that you need to go to work so you have a good experience with us. And there's empathy behind that, right? Because you're imagining what that person is going through. Oh, for sure. I find it, I've learned here that our, we've, we've, our membership has become very flexible where we've, um, used to cater to our just office members and had less of the flexible membership people who can sign up on a la carte service and show up for the first time. But I'm finding that these people who show up on an irregular basis are expecting services beyond our services. So we're having to really have these conversations with them and saying, but we don't offer X, Y, and Z. It could be handling their mail for them. 
an office member who does have an office within our space, we take their mail and make sure that it's picked up and all these things that are part of their contract. But now we're expected it from the person who just walked in for the first time who has no idea. Their first time for sure, I explain all of it to them. I'm like, hey, this is, I'm happy to do it for you. As a convenience today, I'll walk it down there myself to, you know, because we don't have a drop off, but we don't have a drop off. And then it's expected from the team sometimes because they shot showing up where Ernie took this. So I have to remind them again, we don't do that here. And then it, we may get a bad scoring. We're, we're um, scored on an MPS score at WeWork. And we want to make sure that we're giving the right hospitality. And it's not just doing favors all the time. And then that's another thing that I, I balance out as an elder, as I call myself to my team, is having them see that it's not always just yes, 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 let's just do this. But an understanding is why we're doing it. It's a courtesy today or for a week or for the month to you but there has to be a level of understanding communication that it's not just a given we'll be back after a quick break are you enjoying this conversation if so i invite you to text this episode to a friend or colleague as well not only will you let them know that you're thinking about them but you'll help them as well one more thing, I'm having a lot of fun right now sharing videos and photos from the stories on the show, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, open up Instagram and YouTube now and follow Hospitality Daily so we can stay in touch. All right, let's get back to the conversation. I heard someone say clear is kind before, and whether you call it brand or expectation setting or just clear communication, um, it feels this is an important part of hospitality is saying kind of, here's what we're able to offer you. Often people still don't hear that. They just hear what they want to hear. Um, and we don't want to be combative with anyone. Well, you, you come in for the day and we're like, hey, did you book a desk? You're like, no, do I have to? And then we just make, you know, explain the in a perfect world, yes, I, I would love for you to book the desk. This way we can collect data to see how many seats are being taken in the day. But no, I'm not going to make you book a desk. And I'm not going to ask you to leave. But then five minutes later, you're squatting in somebody's conference room that they booked. And then the person shows up like, hi, someone's in my room. And now you're on the phone. I'm not going to have you get off your phone and the conference room. I would say the old Ernie, about five years ago, would have probably stopped you right in the middle of your conversation. But I can't, I, I'm not here to do that to you. I, I'm i just going to let it roll. And if it happens five more times, then I might pull you aside away from everybody else. Say, hey, you know, this is to be, it's, this has been happening. I've been noticing this and this isn't fair. I just, this is a communal space and people are paying for this space and they show up and they see someone in it and they don't want to, kick you out or be combative and then they walk away and then they lose out of a meeting space. So what I'm hearing from you, that's, it's an interesting example. And what I'm hearing is when you're providing hospitality in a larger context, in order to make everyone have a hospitable, welcoming, belonging experience, you need to be direct with some of your guests or some of your members as well. It's, it's not you know, we'll do anything and everything right. forever because <laughs> that means there's going to be a trade-off on our other members. Right. Sometimes there are those hard conversations. And again, as long as you go in there with it not being personal, you don't get lost in translation. There shouldn't be anything that is misunderstood. I think often where I used to lead in, I feel like because I've been here for so long, I'm jaded that I own my my job. I own what I do so much because I love it so much. But that crosses over from the reality of this is not, my name's not on the wall. 
And I'm reminded by my boss sometimes when I do things that I, I sh- or things that I shouldn't say that someone took very personally. And then I, as I reflect going, yes, maybe I shouldn't have said you're squatting. And then they said, you're, so you're telling me I'm stealing. And I said, yes, you're stealing. And again, I didn't, I didn't need to fuel the fire because I'm better than that. But sometimes I just forget and I let the wall down and I'm like, oh man, you know, and I, but I'm, I, I, I know, I know at the time before I say some, you know, say things that I'm never going to say anything that's going to be hurtful. I'm just trying to just change the tone a little bit or the word around to hopefully you'd understand. And again, it's not my place to school anybody here, but again, I, I, I forget that I don't own it, um, that I can just let it go sometimes, but then I, I feel like I'm losing how we're curating community, um, setting a tone by everybody sh- being mindful of share space and not putting your feet up with your shoes next to the lady who in the nice dress who just wants to sit on the sofa and just these things are not putting your mug down on a sofa and it's spilling and you walking away. And, you know, we, people aren't always in that set of mind. They forget. And I, I, I'm afraid what their homes looks like sometimes. But again, that's me being judging then. And, and you know, sometimes that happens. It's, you got to be light in your, um, day, but, um, it's a, it's a interesting balance, but I, I'm grateful that they, we work in trust in me enough to be able to give with my heart every single day and to trust that I'm going to show up and give the best hospitality to every guest, every member, first time, 20th time and greet them by name and to make sure that they are welcomed with warmth. Um, and they feel that they're safe in our space. Mm-hmm. How do you mentor or teach or train or encourage your teams as they provide this? You mentioned a couple of times for our conversation, how you remind them of this or you point them in this direction, because you mentioned some training that maybe happens when you're joining the organization. But I imagine there's a certain amount of ongoing uh, coaching and, you know, because it's a big open uh, office plan, I see you kind of in the center there and there's different team members you're chatting with. Um, so it feels like you're constantly interacting with them. Is it, Do you kind of view that mentorship as just this ongoing? I do. Because yeah. as much as they're learning from me, I'm learning from them. I am the last person who ha- can answer anything when something goes wrong with technology. I look at someone, I'm saying, please help. And But it's vice versa. Um, a lot of my teammates are new, so they don't know it's okay to say no in the nicest way possible, right? No, I'm sorry, that's not how it works, but let me help you do it this way, right? To get them to understand where they just say, okay, and then just do it for them. Um, simple things is um, some of our memberships allow for printing, simple little things, but you just want to get through your workday. And then we have to have the whole discussion of, you don't have printing, please send it to me. And then it's not that we're not going to do it, but then it's personal a lot of banking or personal files that we can't see. So there's, we're locked in that. Well, how can we help now when it's figuring these things out? So I just take it on my bandwidth to say, Hey, this is what I'm going to do for you at this time where they, they start looking at and learning from us differently because there, there are things that we can't, we just can't do because we're hands are tied. Obviously we can do the, everything. So it's these things allowing them. There are certain times to, it's okay to do certain things. Um, to step out of this normal thing that they're afraid of doing. So I've just, I'm, I'm always there stepping up, Hey, with my computer freely. And that's why I love being in the open space so that as people are walking in, I'm watching this, I'm watching everybody walk in. I've got my eagle eyes on 
everything. So if they miss something, I'm up and I'm like, hey, hey, so that hopefully they'll get out of their chair and stand up to help somebody because we, that's something else we have to do sometimes when people come in is close our computer and stand up sometimes and greet them. I'm not just, hi, you're here to check in because I hear that often. And so I'm like, hey, did you check to see? Maybe go through the list of names and look at the pictures and maybe relate somebody. And, oh, there's Dave and hey, Dave, and surprise them. So there are things that I try to do throughout my day to give them a little something to inspire them. What inspired that? Have you always worked like that? Or is that something you learned over time or saw someone doing? That? I think a lot of things from my, um, I, I think it's from my past. I know I come from the South Central, South Central Los Angeles in a ghetto environment. I mean, really gang infested streets every day. And I never thought I'd get out of that. So when a retail job, a Nordstrom job, gave me an opportunity and I was able to put myself in a suit every day and pretend like my Superman outfit to get out of this environment every day. I was somebody else and nobody knew where I came from. So I was able to set myself up differently and see myself differently and offer myself and work harder because, I, and I hope this doesn't sound bad, but in the sea of um, here as as a brown Latino in in a business setting is all my colleagues are Caucasian white, mostly male um, environment. So to maneuver yourself through this, um, kind of sometimes losing yourself and seeing yourself like them, to want to be more is what I've done to my, for myself to get me to this level of, uh, I don't want to say enlightenment, but knowing that I'm just a little speck in this world. And whatever I can do to make a smile or to gesture love to somebody who may not ever or feel like they don't deserve or come in here because we come in here sometimes very introverted and I don't want to talk to anybody and where is an, and, and just an offer of a smile to say, this is a safe place. Um, or the queer community comes in here and they're afraid to say, when we used to do queer events, they were afraid to say, I'm here for that queer event. And I'm like, but I see you, but they don't see me and know that. And it's such a st strange um, interaction sometimes when you just want to give of your heart all the time, but people don't know that and trust who you are because they don't know you. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all these things that... um well, some pieces I imagine are incredibly <laughs> vulnerable. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. But I think in all the little environments that, that we show up in, you know, there's, uh, you know, just kind of thinking about how do I show up in this space and how do I be present? How much of my sh story do I share? And those are just, those are, it's, it's hard to navigate that. It's hard to navigate that. But I think it's also holds the, the key to the beauty of what hospitality and community can be because it's inherently human and it inherently requires us to show up as our authentic selves, because I think right. that's, I've talked to a lot of people about advances in technology and actually a lot of people in the hospitality industry are thinking, Oh, you know, we got to have this tech or that tech. And, um, but it kind of feels like it misses the point a little bit because it kind of feels the, the magic is really in the interpersonal interactions, right. And how we show up in that. Well, it isn't just, it isn't just we work. It isn't just the hotel services and it's the human's in the walls, right? It's not when I talk to people, when I get a tour of the space, I say away from all of this, we want to make sure you are be, are seen here, that you feel comfortable here, that you're, you're part of this. You don't just come to work every day. It's more than just that for us, for me anyway. I want a sense of, again, just being, feeling safe. You're an extension of, this is an extension of your home. 
or if not even more because you are at work so much longer than you are in your peaceful place. So why can't we make it as loving and spirited um, in that of community that we can? And if it's silly for some to think outside the box and to try to to create something that they're uncomfortable with. That's why the rest of the team is there to kind of get them on board, to show them that it's kind of an easy thing to do. It's just, you got to step outside from behind the desk and sometimes or behind the phone or close your computer and, and, and really listen to what the needs are before we start spreading out. No, you can't do that. No, did you book a desk? It's beyond just booking a desk. You're like, hi, how, you know, yes. How truly can I help you? What? Because sometimes we're like, Oh, I was told I can come here for the, you know, just show up. Okay. And think about how what comes out of your mouth before you say, oh, well, then you you can't be here. Because again, I would say an Ernie five years ago would have gone down the book, but it, 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 it can't be that anymore because we've gone through so much over the last three years with COVID. Um, I personally have, have seeked more health-related um, things to help me cope with how I maneuver myself um, and my stress levels and my personal things compared to my work um, and just getting through, um, I was, I chose to show up every day through COVID and be the employee who got to come to work every day to collect the mail for those who needed it or for that one or two few members who did show up and who needed to have conversations. And I got to really build community in that aspect, um, because people just needed to get out of their house and they had nowhere else to go. And they felt safe coming and knowing that Ernie was going to be at the front desk to say hello to say goodbye, to call them when their lunch came. And these little catered things sometimes brings a lot to somebody's day, right? And maybe and, even more than before, because I'm, I'm kind of curious what you learned over the past couple of years. It feels like the city, you know, our neighborhoods have gone through so much transition, us, us as people. But, um, and I think you touched on this a little bit, it, it's sort of these little things almost matter than ever before, it sounds like. It is. Um, you know, we our services weren't, or like shut off. We didn't have people coming to deliver coffee on a regular basis. Our espresso machine was not being serviced. So little things, Hey, I knew that Dave liked an espresso with a shot of X, Y, Z. So it wouldn't kill us once in a week, once a week to go buy him and have a surprise for him on the desk. The little things definitely matter. Um, I think the consistency of being, having your pet or having you something when you come home, that plant, you know, it's, I don't, I, I haven't been single for a very long time and I'm, I, I'm grateful for that. So I don't know what it's not, what it's like not to come home to something hmm. that at least I can touch sometimes on a shoulder or just look at enough to say anything or have emotions un, unspoken emotions and just things that you can do or with your pet your pet knows and comes next to you and you can just, and you're relieved of all the stress that, it, you know, and thank goodness for this unconditional love that you get. And I think about how I can be like that when I come out into the world and just be more unconditional and not walk over the, the homeless person who's literally laying right outside my doorstep, but say, excuse me, but I'm going to walk over you. Are you okay with that? And letting them know they're, they're seen, mm -hmm. um, I think are, are ways that I've gotten myself through the COVID because I want to be seen. So much has been shut down and, um, we're being turned away from things that we weren't turned away from, you know, um, we're showing up, but they, they're not there anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So at least I, I want to show up for people. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and I appreciate you sharing that. I, um, I think in, in kind of 
the time we have left, I wanted to talk a little bit about wellness and longevity. And because you talked about when you first joined WeWork and you've been here kind of through a lot of change, a lot of transition. And then the pandemic, which blindsided all of us and was excruciating go through. Um, so many I, I talk with, especially in the hospitality industry, um, are really challenged by this because I think the, the there's kind of everything we talked about at the beginning of the conversation of how much hospitality is giving of ourselves so it's just inherently it's it can be exhausting but then all these other external stressors as well and um i I would love if we could talk a little bit about you know what you've learned about um wellness and you know taking care of yourself in in and so that you can provide hospitality over the long term well definitely learn to speak up i think it's been taboo for a very long time for us not to be able to talk about our health and how what you know, definitely medications are something where it's not, it's very personal. And I know HR doesn't want us to even tell them or give, but we have to, I want to be vulnerable enough to tell my teammates, Hey, I'm taking this medication because of my stress that I may be zoned out. If you see me, I'm okay, but check in with me. And I want my team to be a safe feeling to be able to have those conversations with, with me. We're not supposed to talk about these things at work. We can get in trouble. But we have to be trusting in, in us where if we're not feeling well, to tap somebody on the shoulder and to walk away from a situation and being okay with it. And that makes a big difference when you as the leader are doing it, right? Because you're speaking about yourself. Right. But it also sets the cultural norm For sure. where it's okay to talk about this. And I think it's understood now that you can call out maybe a day and take a health day because sometimes you just need to reconfigure what's going on. It could be something personal that could be something at work. It could just be anything. You just can't, but we have that space now. And I'm grateful that our jobs are allowing us to have more health days, um, to get ourselves together, to go see the doctor more often, because I think these issues have risen more in the last couple of years that I think it's good that people are now checking on themselves. Um, I sing in a huge chorus. I sing with the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. And it is really a brotherhood of community. Um, but it is unfortunate for those true, true introverts who we see every single Monday night. And you're saying, you know, you see them, hey, Dave, how are you? And they're like, oh, I'm doing great. But they're never going to truly tell you how they are until it's too late. And then we get a phone call that they were found in their apartment um, for a week, right? And how do you come? Go put your emotions through these kinds of things, thinking we've done everything we thought we could by always reaching out, making phone calls. And when you don't get a phone, what ex- to what extent do you wait to not get a phone call back? Do you go to somebody, knock on somebody's door? But these things that we're learning, right? Same things with members. When they don't come and check on the offices, we send out every six months, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. Or how is the office? How are you guys feeling in the space? What could we be doing differently? And sometimes we don't, we don't hear back. It's just going back and back till we finally hear something. But sometimes it really eight months will go by and people just don't have the bandwidth or maybe it goes in their spam mail. Um, but they're not coming to the office as much because that's a whole other thing that people can work from home. So us figuring out how to build the community with empty space sometimes is really interesting. Um, so that they, other people feel that they are welcomed when there's nobody around. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, just on on that point, like, are there is there anything come to mind in terms of some of that adaptation that you've done? In, in I guess in terms of different occupancy levels or things like that, where you still make people feel welcome in a new environment. We unfortunately, because of this COVID, had to close several locations here in the city. So I would say sixty percent of both the buildings were able to move to our 
our 5A buildings to fill them up to fill space. And I think more of our flexible membership people have been coming out to be part of something, a daily conversation with people. So we, we do have a bigger membership with this flex membership, less of the offices. So they're, as you see, a sitting in someone's open office um, that nobody has to show up to at work, but being paid for. Um, but we do, we try to initiate, you know, letters of what can we do to get you here? What can we offer that's different, you know, and it's not anything we're doing wrong. It's just that they have their choice to not to come in and they're not just, they're going to come in. And then again, just making sure the ones that do come in here are recognized and are seen and have a clean space. Um, the things that we can control, the internet, um, printing, uh, the coffee is running, right? Um, the little things, the little things. The umbrella of hospitality and curating communities is a lot. You know, the perspective is is huge. We can, as I guess, again, as long as you leave it your heart, anything is possible. So there is no limit. I think there shouldn't be a limit on how we treat other humans. It's just it's other humans, um, because you know how you want to be treated when you walk into a space, and how you don't want to be treated when you walk into a space and you find yourself not going to those spaces where they're not as kind sometimes or that, that the barista where they just don't look up, you know, and then you find a place where they're like, Hey, Ernie. And you're like, I'm coming here. So it's just, you know, I think it's kind of finding our balance to your life and I'm still figuring it out myself and enjoying it. Um, so I'm grateful that I, I have a job that I love, um, that I get to show up to every day as me and try to give the best of me. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on the show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. Dot com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 